Welcome to the Unstoppable Grit Podcast, where we dive into the mindset shifts and practical tools to help you break through the roadblocks standing between you and achieving your goals. I'm your host, Danielle Kobo, a former Fortune 500 senior sales manager who spent 15 years in the medical device industry and now the best-selling author of the book, Unstoppable Grit. Think of this podcast as your go-to source for career advice and burnout prevention strategies to help you build a career and life you love. Now let's get started. Welcome to another episode of Dream Dog with Danielle Kobo. I'm Danielle Kobo, and today we have another very special guest. This woman is powerful. She is a leader. She is inspiring. And she is such a supportive woman out there. This is Lindsay White. She is the uh, owner of High Voltage Leadership. She is a leadership and executive coach. She is really specializing with female entrepreneurs and small business owners. She really leads with how to show up as a female leader and being authentic. She's a big advocate for team culture and also creating balance in your life. So thank you, Lindsay, for joining us today. Awesome. I'm really excited to be here and speak with you, Danielle. Oh, well, thank you. It's an honor to have you as a guest. So we talk a lot about leadership. We talk a lot about culture. What does culture, how would, what does culture mean to you? Yeah. So I think it's sort of in a more technical way. Culture is really the set of behaviors that people display in a team or an organization um, that creates an atmosphere and a feeling and honors sort of collective values. And I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but uh, I'm pretty close on that. I think the way we would describe it sort of more in layman's terms is culture is about how you feel and connect to the people around you, right? It's a it's a collective experience um, in how people show up. And how people show up in all aspects of their life too, you know? And so when it comes to culture, what advice would you give to a leader who's saying, I really want a culture where people are excited to come to work, where they feel valued, where they feel worthy, where they just look forward to the people that they work with. What advice would you give to others when it comes to creating culture in the workplace? Yeah, so there are a few things. And the first thing that I always talk about when it comes to creating a great culture is that you need to listen. As a leader, you need to be a really effective leader or listener. (laughs) You need to be an effective leader, but you need to be an effective listener. And I don't just mean listening to respond. I mean, listening to understand. I mean, listening to deeply connect. So that really is the very first and simplest step to creating a great culture. So you need to really listen to the people that are on your team or in your business or in your community organization or even in your family, wherever you're leading. You need to listen deeply to really hear and understand what is it that they need to be successful. They will tell you if you listen, right? Uh, You also need to be vulnerable. You need to be available and vulnerable and open to really understanding and connecting. And some of that is that EQ that we talk about, that emotional intelligence. So you need to have uh, really awareness of your own emotional space and sort of the vibration that you give off 
so that you can tap into others' emotion and really, um, again, understand, walk a mile in their shoes of what their experience is. So those are sort of the first two things that I always talk to a leader about when they're really talking to me about, I want to create this really impactful, really great culture where people feel they can do their best work every day. Well, what does doing your best work mean to them? Right? Because it means something slightly different to everybody else. I also think a very important piece of creating culture is understanding and articulating the collective values, right? So what is important to each individual and how do those things come together to create a collective set of values? So if one of the values on your work team is accountability, okay, so what does it mean to everyone on your team to be accountable, And can you create, can you design a collective definition that everyone can buy into, right? Because when we can see ourselves reflected in that collective value, then we can really start to translate that into the behavior. So how do accountable people behave? What is the norm, right? That's what contributes to creating great culture. I'm so grateful on a couple of things that you really said that resonated. One of them is understanding emotional intelligence and really understanding and having that self-awareness as to what your emotions are and how they show up. There's a direct correlation to leadership and those that are in leadership typically have a high self-awareness and there's a lot of value in understanding that. So for those of you out there, if you haven't read Emotional Intelligence 2.0, I highly recommend it. It's a very valuable book. um, And it really goes into the key differentiating characteristics when it comes to understanding like self-management, self-awareness, social awareness. There's just a lot that goes into it. And I really like how you talked about values because everybody's values are different. And so, you know, taking the time to understand each person's values on the team, we used to do what was called a value card exercise where you, you know, you take down and you identify what are the core values. Maybe it's, you know, five to seven core values each person has. And then where's the similarity and where's the differences? Because the similarities could really be what your vision statement is going to be as a team. And maybe the differences is understanding why somebody's core values are different than another. And it really opens up the heart to knowing each other. And it's that connection aspect. Yeah, it is. It it is. And it's, I think we can all use the same word to define a value. So for example, lots of us have the same value of success. But I would tell you, if you put 10 people in a room to talk about what the value of success means to them, you would have 10 very different definitions. Now, you may be able to find the golden thread that runs through all of them, right? It may be something around fulfillment. It may be something around the joy or how they serve others to create that success. But realistically, it really is about digging into those values, understanding really deeply from a very personal perspective and then sharing as a team to really get the clarity and the, and the understanding and the buy-in, then you can start to talk about, okay, how do we behave in such a way that that value is lived in everything we do as a team every day? 
that's what starts to really be the genesis of your culture, right? When you can underline and underpin those kinds of things. And then Danielle, you talked about having a collective vision. That's absolutely crucial to having a great culture. And it, what's important is not that you just have a vision statement that's written out and posted on a wall somewhere or written on coasters or lanyards or that, that actually doesn't matter. Repetition isn't actually what's important when it comes to a, a collective vision. What's important is that the people that buy into that vision see that, see themselves reflected in it. They personalize it. That vision becomes meaningful to them, Right not just written on a wall somewhere. That is what creates a great culture. Those are, those are the fo- most foundational pieces. And then it just grows from there. Like it self-perpetuates if you get those pieces right. Uh, spot on. Because there's so many companies that put this vision statement on the wall, but no one, no one re- most people don't know it. They don't relate to it. Therefore, yeah. they don't embody it. No. And- as a leader, it's about translating vision into reality. Yes. And if you don't know the core values of your team and their why, how are you going to know how their why translates to their vision? And yeah. how are you going to know how you get to translate that vision into reality? It's true. And having purpose. It, a vision statement is something that you embody. It's something that you live every single day through. You're all collectively supporting each other through that culture environment. And it's got to be something that they relate to, because if they don't relate to it, then it, it, it just is one of those vision statements that stand, like you said, on a lanyard, on a wall, on a like coffee coaster, and it doesn't serve anybody. Nope, it doesn't. It's meaningless. It's absolutely meaningless. Uh, and I think the other thing, when I work with leaders and executives, whether it's in a corporate environment or in their own businesses, the, one of the most important things is that they have to be accountable to those values and they have to be accountable to that vision. Nothing kills culture faster than a leader that says, do as I do, do as I say, not as I do, right? Ooh. A leader that does not walk the talk absolutely is 100% a culture killer. You cannot create that in a wonderful, welcoming environment for your team if you are not all in on participating. It's just the truth. I agree with you hundred uh, percent. It's, I'm never going to ask my team to do anything that I wouldn't have done myself or would do yeah. alongside with them. It's about linking arms with them. Yeah. It's not about just telling them what to do. Yeah. And, you know, there's one thing that I worked for an organization before, and this really, it really stood out about the culture. There was one day a year that the executive leadership team, all the VPs, high level leaders, directors, everything would wash their employees' cars. Oh. <laughs> it's so it. simple, but it was like, again, that example of, I'm never going to ask you something to do that I wouldn't do myself. And when you get to take these high level executives and they're getting down and dirty and washing their employees' cars, yeah. it created a, a hum, uh, humanity. It created vulnerability, created connection. And it's a simple thing to do, but it really left that lasting impression. It probably happened like 10 years ago, but I've always remembered that. Yeah. Yeah. I used to work for a major Canadian retailer. This is 15 years ago, early in my career. And we had a president and CEO that would spend time on Friday 
walking around the corporate office and he would stop to chat with every single person that he could. And he always knew your name. He knew your spouse's name. He knew your kid's name. He knew your dog's name. He knew what you like to do on the weekend. Um, and it meant an incredible amount to people that he didn't just sit in his executive suite, right? Right up to the executive suite on their, you know, executive only elevator and sit in their executive only office. He really wanted people to feel connected. He wanted people to feel valued. He wanted to get a pulse on what was happening in the business for real, right? And sometimes when we live in those C-suite roles, we, we get disconnected because we're working at the strategic level. Um, and it was so meaningful because he embodied connection, right? That's what he created. Um, and it was a big value in that company. And what it did is it helped others to feel like they could do the same thing. They could go and connect. They could stop and talk. They could ask questions. They could be people outside of the office. Um, and it was empowering for people. And it really perpetuated a great piece of the culture. So I think you're right. I mean, some of those things are fun, right? If you want to have a culture that includes fun, well, then do fun things. Do fun things every day, every week, all the time, right? Yeah. It's just as simple and as complicated as that. You know, you, it, that is such a great example of really that leadership taking time to invest in getting to know his employees, getting to know who they are, yeah. you know, what's keeping them up at night. What are the celebrations that are going on in their life? It's connection. Yeah. Yeah. People don't. People don't leave for money. Oftentimes they leave because they don't, they either don't like the management, they either don't like the culture. And yeah. so if you have a culture, that's a toxic environment, you're probably going to see high turnover in your organization. Yeah. On the flip side, if you have an organization with phenomenal culture, where people look forward to going to work, yes, there's an element where you want to stay competitive on the compensation. There's also an element that you're probably going to have very little turnover because People enjoy the people that they work with, who they work with, and the, the court culture and organization. Yeah, I, I think it's true, right? Um, and we're seeing that right now, of course, as we're sort of moving uh, at the tail end of this pandemic, hopefully, fingers crossed. And we're really hearing about this huge shift that's happening. People are looking to move on from where they're working right now. And, and they're estimating somewhere between 40 and 60% of people are already on the job hunt. I mean, that you know sort of depends on Canada, US. Um, but people are leaving organ the organizations they work for right now. Um, and a lot of it is based on culture. Uh, you're absolutely right. And they've Really, as we all sort of moved home to work or there were layoffs or furloughs, we're really seeing in tough times what the cultures of these organizations are all about, right? Yeah. And for, for a lot of organizations, they dropped the ball. They decided culture wasn't important anymore. It was just all about keeping the company afloat. And yes, I think you got to do that. That's got to be a focus, but not at the expense of of doing some of these cultural pieces right, of bringing these values to life and, and really leveraging how people show up in your organization, that doesn't actually cost anything except some time and effort. Like that's the truth. It doesn't have to be expensive. Hey, it's Danielle Cobo, and I'm jumping in real quick to thank you for listening to the Dream Job with Danielle Cobo podcast. 
If you're feeling undervalued, overwhelmed, want to gain clarity on how to level up in your career, and are feeling discouraged and frustrated at applying to jobs online with no results, I can support you. I've had several clients who have attracted their dream job without applying online and have significantly increased their earnings. I can support you by creating a clear career plan, developing your brand and amplifying your leadership voice, connecting with my network of over 160 recruiters, excel through the interview process and negotiate your offer letter. I encourage you and invite you to go to my website, www.daniellecobo.com and schedule your free career discovery call. I believe everyone has the power to step into their dream job and earn the income they are worth. I look forward to connecting with you today. When you're a leader, your number one customer is your team. Mm -hmm. Absolutely 100%. And, you know, sometimes people will think it's your customer. And the reality is your team is your number one customer, because if you take, if you take care of your team, they will then take care of your customers. Totally. Hallelujah. That is absolutely the truth, right? And if you don't take care of your team, if you don't have a great culture, if you don't have psychological safety and trust, how are they interacting with your clients? That's a huge question mark. And I'll tell you, Danielle, I get female entrepreneurs and small business owners that come to me and say, I've got some turnover happening. I've got some infighting. You know, my team is like bullying each other and backbiting. And I've had some bad reviews show up on Google. And I don't know what to do. Like I've talked to them, but I don't know what to do. And it all goes every time. I I do a a discovery. I talk to the key players. um, And what I always uncover at the bottom line is we don't have a really solid set of values. We don't have a vision that everybody buys into. We don't have leadership that's accountable because sometimes the small business owner is actually the worst offender, right? It's, well, it's my business so I can do whatever I want. Well, yeah, you're absolutely right. You can. But like the question is, how's that working for you? Um, But it really, when I peel back the layers of what's happening in these beautiful businesses, and some of them are really successful, right at the core of what's happening is always about the values and the vision and how they collectively subscribe to it and how they bring it to life in all the work that they do and all the interactions they have. It really, it really comes down to that at the heart. Yeah, I hundred percent because it starts with the leader. And if, like we said, if you're not willing to do it, then, you know, you can't expect others to do it. And it's about side by side with your team, um, leading from the front, leading from the back, leading side by side, empowering them all aspects. Absolutely. And that's, I think, you know, there is a moment where I talk to my CEOs about, okay, you do need to start taking some step back right? You, you do need to move into the strategic space. So how are you empowering? How are you leading the leaders in your business? How are you empowering every single person to your point, Danielle, to be a leader every day, right? You need to bring that philosophy that everybody can lead, even if you don't have direct reports. How are you leading every day here in the workspace? And they'll take that home, 
they'll take that home and recognize that they can be a leader in all the spaces, right? Um, and that's where you really get incredible momentum. You get incredible energy. You get incredible innovation because people feel empowered to bring a great idea forward and 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 like be you know be really creative about what they're doing. Um, that's where you get really great leaps forward in your business. You are, I mean, your passion for culture is infectious in so many different ways. You have shared so many, like just key nuggets. What are three things that you would like our listeners to take away from our conversations? What are three things that they can take away and implement today? Yeah. So I, the first thing that pops into my head, Danielle, is if you, if you're listening today and you are not crystal clear on your own personal values, if you do not know what they are, and I'm not just talking about circle some words on a piece of paper, I'm talking about, right? Because that's the activity that yes. we do. Oh, here's a hundred different words that are different values. Circle the ones that are meaningful. Okay, that's like the tip of the iceberg. If you are not crystal clear on your values, what they mean to you deeply and how you are bringing those to life every day or not, because maybe you're not, maybe that's part of the problem. That is the first thing you need to do. You need to get super clear on what those are and how you live them and what the behaviors are that associate personally. The second thing you need to do is you need to have a personal life purpose statement. What are you here on this planet to accomplish? Why are you even here is the question. If you don't know what those two things are, those are the first two things on the, on the list. You've got, you got to get clear on those. Because that will inform then how you show up in your family, in your friend groups, in your community, and most importantly, in your business. And then the third thing that I would say um, is that you do need to define what your leadership brand is. What is authentically who you are as a leader? And that, again, that's not a perfect leader. That's a great leader. Because great leaders make mistakes. So you got to build some of that into your leadership brand as well. Uh, and that will help you define your authentic leadership style. So for me, I'm big and I'm bold and I make mistakes and I say, oh my God, I totally screwed that up. I'm such a jerk. I'm so like, I'll fall on the sword. That's part of my leadership style. Maybe your leadership style is a bit, a bit quieter, a little more composed, but you need to know what that is. And when you have your values and you know what they are, when you have your purpose and you're really clear on it and you know what your leadership brand and style is, that is an unstoppable combination, whether you lead in a corporate environment or especially when you lead your own small business. That is excellent, powerful, just inspiring, you know, nuggets that people get to take away. And, um, I love how you also said authenticity and vulnerability in a leader, because oftentimes people think that as a leader, you need to be the best of the best and perfect. And the reality is, is vulnerability is a very powerful characteristic to have as a leader. Yeah. Yeah. Really is. People can't follow a perfect leader because they can't see themselves reflected in that. That's the truth. 
They can't connect to perfection. They can connect to vulnerability. They can connect to someone who's authentic. They can't connect to perfect. And as a leader, your, your first job is to be connected to your team, right? Mm-hmm. So I, I do think, well, I, uh, authenticity is my core value. If I can't show up as who I am every single day, I don't want to participate. I'm not in, right? Uh, which is part of the reason why I started my own coaching and consulting practice. Um, but that's a, that's a story for another podcast, Danielle. Um, but yeah, I, I think those are the things that I think are just absolutely fundamental and they're key. And they're always a journey. Like it's not a destination to figure out what your values are. They grow and change and, and iterate with us. Um, but, but I do believe that when you can get a real clear vision of what those are and how you show up in the world, um, then you can really bring incredible energy. Oh, yes. Well, thank you so much, Lindsay, for joining us. I mean, such a powerful message and culture, like we've said, during the tough times during a pandemic, culture has really shown through on the power of it on when it comes to you know, the environment, the, just how you support your employees and getting through really tough times, who stays, who goes, right. And there's a lot of people that are, that are looking for new jobs right now. And it's a really great opportunity to reevaluate what your culture is and how you want it to look in the future. So thank you so much, Lindsay, for joining us. Very appreciative. You are an inspiring, powerful woman. So thank you. It's been my pleasure, Danielle. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you for listening to the Unstoppable Grit Podcast with Danielle Cobo. If you found today's episode resonating and inspiring, kindly take a moment to craft a review. Your review holds the potential for Apple and Spotify to share the Unstoppable Grit Podcast with others. Furthermore, consider extending the ripple effect by sharing this episode with those around you, family, friends, colleagues, and anyone who could benefit from the insights and stories shared here. Also, be sure to visit daniellecobo.com for more resources on cultivating resilience and unleashing your inner grit. We'll be back soon with another empowering episode. Until then, be unstoppable.